Hello and welcome to the If We Knew Then podcast. I'm Stephen Socks. And I'm Lori Socks. And today we're celebrating World Down Syndrome Day. March 21st, 2021. So what is World Down Syndrome Day? We're celebrating and we're talking about it this morning. We asked ourselves, what does World Down Syndrome Day mean? It's about awareness. But what does it mean? We, we aim to celebrate the day, but... We haven't in the past. In the past, it would get past us because our schedules were so full. And to me, that sounds like the lamest excuse. I feel like there's something else there. I feel like if a therapist heard me say that, they'd just go, hmm, and tap their head. On March 21st, it just never, I guess it didn't always occur to me. Yeah, I, I agree. And then it was also a little confusing because March 21st is World Down Syndrome Day. So I feel like March should be Down Syndrome Awareness Month. No, but no, it's not. No, it's in October. So then it was just very confusing. But then I'd mess up October as well. (laughs) You know, in previous years, it would get past us. And it was last year. And we really put it on our schedule because we we were focusing on creating this podcast. And we had the song Chromosome that we thought, well, we wanted, we first we intended to put it out on Liam's birthday, but the schedule didn't agree with us. And we we were able to get it together right as the pandemic was about to take hold. And made the music video and released that on the 21st. Yes. And just a couple weeks later, we, we started the podcast, but it was a nice way of kicking it off. But other than that, I hadn't really, we had gone to a couple buddy walks mm-hmm. that was on that weekend correct? No, they're in October. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, then it is is confusing. And it is a celebration. It's a a celebration. But, you know, you have like March is Women's History Month. And during Women's History Month, our attention is drawn into the journey that women have had to get their liberties and rights, uh, the right to vote. All the women who have done these powerful things changed the course of history and gone against the adversities. We find specific uh, icons to talk about. Yes. And we don't do that during, or we haven't, or you and I are just kind of coming to the party. And so maybe we've missed out on all of the accolades that follow. But I think that would, that's actually one of the reasons that we started the podcast. So that conversation is actually a more fluent conversation. It's a more um, obvious conversation like the real conversation is there, right? And, Just like and to highlight uh, these the accomplishments. accomplishments, yeah, which I, I really have faith that in the future we will have uh, the go-to names that are household names. Because we have the accomplishments. Even this year since we've had this podcast, we've, we've witnessed accomplishments. We've heard these incredible stories of, you know, people changing the world through AI, running Ironmans, Gret graduating from college is just a thing we do. The reason why that is so great is because it is a thing that was denied 
for so long. It was a thing that was denied and and boundaries were put up. And so that is a great thing. It wasn't thing. in the, in the fa- it wasn't to be fathomed. It wasn't something that was to be fathomed by parents that their child could grow up and marry or go to college. And that was set from birth. So, well, Liam in his first IEP for kindergarten, they wanted to take him off curriculum. Yeah, put an al- alternate curriculum. Put him yeah. on an alternate curriculum. And, you know, when I asked what that did for graduation of high school, they said, well, it's probably not going to happen. Yeah, you wouldn't get a, a high school diploma, actually, uh, an official high school apl- and diploma. And that was from like five. So these accomplishments that we're doing that some people would say like the neurotypical adult or a child, that it's, it's not a big deal. The reason why it's a big deal is because in the face of adversity, in the face of being told you can't, not having the same resources or supports there, and these roadblocks and social perceptions and all of these things, people are able to overcome and achieve. And that is what is great. Because as they do this, then it opens doors for our children, for for Liam. So many yeah. doors have been open because it is a conversation that's happening. We are seeing the stories now. And there's a reference point. And I think the story, the celebration will be that these individuals were denied their rights. Their families were told that they didn't need to raise them. They were institutionalized. They had to overcome. With no precedent. That's very difficult. Look at how much easier it is as a human race to see an accomplishment and for that to be celebrated and acknowledged. Right there, as humanity, you feel that can be done. That is in the cards for me, possibly. And in real life, we can go into our IEPs And those first initial comments that were said to us when we were still so new at this, they have no legs to stand on. And before we knew that, they had so much more weight. It's that thing when people tell you no for so long and then you begin to doubt yourself. So now we go back in and we don't have to carry that doubt. Because I think that that doubt is what is so hard to shoulder. And it takes so much away from our journey and our experience. At least it has for us and it has in the past. That might be one reason why our celebration or acknowledgement of World Down Syndrome Day has been so quiet or is because it's a very personal journey and it's a personal experience and a personal celebration. You know, when, when we'd say, oh, today's March 21st, I think because I spent so much energy protecting Liam that it was us. It was our day together. And I think every day he shows who he is. So world, watch him every day. Not, Not just on this day. He counts 365 days a year. Not just on March 21st. His accomplishments are real. 365 days a year his abilities, the love, who he is as a human has value 365 days a year. And I think that might be the weight, like I think inside it wasn't wasn't a celebration as much as, gosh, we spend so much time proving his worth and value. 
But I'm so happy that last year we finally got our act together and were able to, we had the energy. I think it was just a different phase. It was 10 years. I remember that we'd gotten through 10 years. And I will say those first 10 years were challenging and they were challenging more for learning how to navigate society, learning how to fight for his education, reading all the laws, finding out how to go into an IEP, letting go of hurt feelings when people said things that were inappropriate, finding our way through anger, all of those things were in the first 10 years. So I think, you know, definitely when Liam turned 10, that was a a turning point for us. I mean, Liam's been on the same path. Liam has been consistently on the same path. It's us, right? right? Mm -hmm. And then after 10 years, it was like, okay, wait, in January, because I have to plan ahead, let's, we thought we're going to do something to celebrate this year, to bring awareness. Because that, to me, I had to understand what I meant. I had to understand what I wanted to bring awareness to. And then we were able to start this podcast. And I've been excited to see all the events leading up to World's Down Syndrome Day. It's, uh, it's really turned into an entire month, the 21 days of March. Uh, especially on social media, I see so many groups that post a, a fact every day or highlight an individual with their sibling or talk about misperceptions. It's really a great social media event especially now where in a lot of part of the world you're not getting big crowds together but it's I'm excited for this for this world downstream day I'm excited for th- this community I'm excited for where we've come from and where we're going I just see a lot of momentum and it's it's beautiful I I see it in a lot uh, in a lot of our culture and and I'm glad that there's so many of us that are advocating I think that when you start to see the change, not only the change, but injustices being rectified, when you see people finding their voice, because I will say that one of the things I didn't have, or I didn't feel like I have, I didn't feel like I had my voice. Because my words were often scoffed. My thoughts and hopes and beliefs for my son were dismissed. And so it started to rob me of my voice and my hope and my intent and little moments. And when you start to see that change, and I know that when you're talking about it, you're talking about in a society as a whole, in our community as a whole, to start to see all of these beautiful posts and videos and documentaries and stories and people who reach out to us with these just wonderful stories. And, and that's on a global level. But personally, for me, I can say the same thing. Like, I'm happy to see that I found my footing. I can, I can advocate for Liam. I can create a foundation for Liam that comes from a knowing and a peace and entitlement. And that's not in like the bad version or meaning of that word where sometimes entitlement can come across entitlement like deserving right like and deserving of what we all deserve it's I don't want to say entitlement that's an empowered empowered to stand in that place just stand there 
and be there and allow all the other things that come at me to be there as well and just not beat me up, hmm. <laughs> right? Not, not limit my child. So it's when you, when you talk about how wonderful it is to see our society and our community changing, I also am really excited for us as a family on a personal level to be absorbing that change to be creating that change in our own lives, to be taking our power back, our voice back. And I like that. And I think that's part of my celebration is, whew, right? We, we, we went through some stuff and I learned a lot. And what I can celebrate, I think that's it. It's the celebrating of what is. It's celebrating Liam as a human being. I'm just going to celebrate him and celebrate everyone who has that extra chromosome, who's fighting false perceptions, who's constantly having to prove themselves and say, you don't have to prove yourself to anybody. Like I say to Sophia, you don't have to prove yourself to anybody but yourself. That's it. She doesn't even have to prove herself to me, just herself. She has to be happy with who she is. I think of Liam's payoff as he just works so hard and he's worked so hard his entire life. I mean, just every day, pushing, pushing. And you see the change. And he knows his accomplishments and what he does and, and the change he's making, and he's proud of that. I don't think he realizes how hard he has to work to get certain places. I think he knows how hard he works. I think he thinks everybody else works that mm -hmm. hard. I think he doesn't realize that not everybody works as hard as him. Right? Right. Well, you know, I just recently with the cello. So we started this year it's fourth grade and he had the option of joining orchestra at his school uh, we chose uh, the cello for several reasons Sophia plays the violin and that was an instrument we like but to me I felt like there was a bit of a possible physical challenge of holding the violin upright with one arm to me the cello was more of something you can it rests on the ground kind of wrap around it you have to keep your hand holding the neck and keep it in control but I saw it as more of uh, something he would enjoy and we started with plucking he really did well with plucking talk about just in your mind thinking OTPT right so, or I'm thinking stand-up bass oh really yeah, cool right jazz it was like club. a stand-up bass yeah <laughs> oh. I see Liam in a jazz club just oh yeah Singing the blues. But he had to, uh, there's a D string, and the D string's all the way on uh, on the opposite side of where his hand is uh, when he's holding the bow. And it's very difficult for him to get to. And the uh, orchestra teacher was really intuitive in, in just making a little adjustment. So instead of hitting the D string and the A string first, we'll just push over closer to his hand where he doesn't have to wrap around as far. And we'll do the A string and the G string. And... It was just uh, just changed. It was like, wow, he, he saw that he didn't have to struggle so hard to get to the, to a string that he will get to, right? But we're, this is our first few weeks of cello. Let's make this a little easier where, for everyone. Let's, let's, let's see some fruit of this work. And, oh, it, he loves to hear the, the sound. It is very difficult for him to hold down the strings hard enough, long enough uh, to make a lot of notes in a row. Sometimes, but he knows when he doesn't make the note, he goes, oh, and he even was saying a few times, he's like, oh, that sounded weird, remember? And then he would push down harder. And uh, so it's a great workout, 
Um, it's a real physical workout. But it was, a, a, I think, a good choice. But he works really hard. We may do 20 minutes, 25 minutes at a time for uh, a rehearsal. And in between, there's breaks. And he'll shake his hands out, and then I'll take the cello and he and model him, model for him. And he, and he likes to, to, to hear that, and it, he'll correct me if I'm doing it wrong. But I really saw just the last few weeks of, man, he will just put his nose to the grindstone. It, I know it was not comfortable for him to press that hard and to hold those notes and that bow that long. And it's painful. It's a workout. And he really wanted to make the notes so bad, and, and he was. And it was so wonderful to see how hard he worked. And, yeah, you may be right. He may think that everyone Everybody works, works hard. He's like, this but, cello's hard. But he, how are you guys doing? I can tell you, in his class, uh, they're all working, but you know Liam can get a good sweat by working. He is really pushing, and he just well, does it. distance learning, you're probably one of the only kids whose parent is right there. Yeah, pushing him. And that says a lot to inclusion, to an inclusive model, to the orchestra teacher. She never blinked an eye about including him in class. We signed him up. His class teacher said, okay. And I think they'd be afraid to tell me no because I'd go, why? And so they know that question would come. So I'd like to think that she's actually really good with inclusion. Because I, I think it. that she, I think that his teacher really does include him in a way that's in a way that's so phenomenal because when he's in class and he's got all of his supports there, I mean, math becomes so easy and doable. And I have to think that there's some kid in there that's like, this is really hard. And she calls on Liam and he's always right there because Liam is always prepared. He doesn't get the same, you know, what are you doing? Oh, I dropped my pen. He doesn't, he doesn't have that option. So he's always ready to answer every question, which is why we need his work ahead of time so he can know what's coming and work on it. But he's always ready to answer. And I have to think that there is some kid in that class going, man, <laughs> Liam Sox is good. He's on it. He's on it. And, and how inspiring is that for other children to see and go, okay, I'm going to work harder. Like how, how does that, how does that not inspire other children? And how does that not change the perception of down syndrome? Because they probably all have their perception of what it means to have down syndrome. They probably had them at the beginning of the year. Well, their perceptions are changing and they are right. They'll and especially him, he's now just another student in their orchestra class. Right. And I'm talking like classroom too, but I, but going back to the kudos for the orchestra teacher, I mean, she's always been inclusive. She didn't, that's what you want. She's the perfect inclusive model because it's never been a thing. It's never a thing. She definitely doesn't take it easy on him. She doesn't, you know, a lot of times people go, oh, well, you just have to do that. But she doesn't. She holds him to the same standards and it's lovely. And she's she, an artist. Right. I mean, art is inclusive. She knows it's hard for every kid. It's hard for any adult. If I wanted to pick up the cello, you know yeah. what? My hands are going to hurt. Every, it's going to be a challenge. Mm -hmm. Right? So I think like that's a celebration. Celebrating seeing inclusion after you fought really hard for it. Mm -hmm. Celebrating seeing your child be in an inclusive environment and be able to now that he's getting to be a young adult, be able to start to see the fruits of his work, 
right? Because kindergarten for a second, everybody's still developing in a different way, but now he's in fourth grade and he sees that he wants to read. He reads, he pulls out the answers, he's working and he sees himself grow. It's great. I asked him the other day how school was and how do you do with math? And if he liked math and he was like, yeah, I like math. So I think that's what I will celebrate is now where he is, all the changes that have, that have happened. And they've happened because of everybody who's come before him, because of every person who's ever spoke out, who's ever stood up, who's ever to dared to go against what they were told their limits would be. That's why we're seeing this change. And that definitely is a reason to celebrate. It's a reason to celebrate that his life, this life has the same value as others. And we say that because, you know, when he was born, we were led to believe that his life was going to be a lesser life. We were led to believe that we had to prove and justify our son's existence and that he was a burden, not the asset that he is. We were told to mourn our son. And I think that's what most parents of children with Down syndrome are led to believe. And that's so ridiculous, right? So World Down Syndrome Day, we celebrate what a wonderful experience it is, this road, this journey, this life, this relationship where I'm constantly learning. These stories are being told now. And honestly, they may have been told before, but I wasn't hearing them because I'd put my nose to the ground and I was forging forward or trying to forge forward. We'd never been a village type. You know, when they say it takes a village, but community is so important. Community is strength and power and support when you don't think you have any. And those stories that are being told, they change the journey for all of us. They change the expectation They change the challenges. And so I celebrate every story. I don't like to focus on the negative. I don't want to focus on what they told us we couldn't do. I want to focus on the celebration is that we do, we did, and we are. And it will continue to change. And we will continue celebrating March 21st, World Down Syndrome Day. Because I think I might have finally gotten my act together. <laughs> Happy World Down Syndrome Day. Please follow us on Twitter at If We Knew Then Pod, and you can drop us a line on our Facebook page at If We Knew Then Pod, or visit our website, If We Knew Then.com, to send us an email with questions and comments. And you can join our mailing list there and get alerts of future podcast episodes. All these links will be added to this episode's show notes. Thank you again, and we look forward to you joining us on the next episode of If We Knew Then. What